Welcome to the Refactored IT Privacy and Security Weekly Update for May 18th, 2021. This week, we take apart the various elements of ransomware so you know what the stats are up front. Costs, protective steps, and tooling so that if the unthinkable ever were to happen, you would know your option. We remind you that although ransomware is literally stealing the headlines, there are a few other gremlins out there that you might also want to sidestep. We end with some entertaining quotes from the cryptographers made while they were out of their dark workshops attending the RSA conference this week. Encrypted or decrypted, we think you'll find that this is the best IT privacy and security weekly update yet. So let's refactor and get going. And I got most of it off of Stack Overflow. Our first story comes to us from digital asset employee Julian Murray in Dublin. The Irish Health Service struck by Russia-based Conti ransomware. Ireland's National Health Service has shut down its IT systems following a human-operated Conti ransomware attack, causing a Dublin hospital to cancel outpatient appointments. The country's health service executive closed its systems down as a precaution, local reports from the Irish public service broadcaster RTE said, reporting that Dublin's Rotunda Hospital had canceled appointments for outpatients, including many for pregnant women. The maternity hospital said all outpatient visits are canceled unless expectant mothers are 36 weeks pregnant or later, reported RTE, adding all gynecology clinics are also canceled today. From HSE Ireland, live on May 14th, there was a message. There is a significant ransomware attack on the HSE IT systems. We have taken the precaution of shutting down all our IT systems in order to protect them from this attack and to allow us fully to assess the situation with our own security partners. So what's the upshot for you? This ransomware attack, that according to even the lowest of miscreants, should not target hospitals and healthcare, painfully goes on. And an update on last week's story about the Colonial Pipeline shutdown. From the FBI, major U.S. pipeline is crippled in ransomware attack. The update on the dark side and Colonial Pipeline. Colonial Pipeline Company paid nearly $5 million to Eastern European hackers last Friday, contradicting reports earlier last week that the company had no intention of paying an extortion fee to help restore the country's largest fuel pipeline, according to two people familiar with the transaction. The company paid the hefty ransom in untraceable cryptocurrency within hours after the attack, underscoring the immense pressure faced by the Georgia-based operator to get gasoline and jet fuel flowing again to major cities along the eastern U.S. seaboard. Once they received the payment, the hackers provided the operator with a decrypting tool to restore its disabled computer network. The tool was so slow that the company continued using its own backups to help restore the system. Then, last Friday, Russia-based cyber extortionist DarkSide appeared out of business after unknown actors shut down the servers of the group. U.S. cybersecurity firm Recorder Future said that DarkSide had admitted in a web post it had lost access to certain servers used for its web blog and for payments. Recorded Future Threat Intelligence Analyst Dmitry Smilyanets said he found a Russian-language comment on a ransomware website ostensibly from DarkSub. 
described as the operator of DarkSide. A few hours ago, we lost access to the public part of our infrastructure, namely blog, payment server, and DOS servers, DarkSup wrote. Accessed via Tor on the dark web, the DarkSide site address showed a notice saying it could not be found. So, what's the upshot for you? We bet DarkSide will be back. Another name, another ransomware variant, but they'll be back. And next, we have a global story from the U.S. government. A quick refresher of just how expensive a ransomware attack can be. Stat number one. The average ransomware payout is about $170,000 U.S. Stat number two. Only 8% of organizations managed to get back all their data, and only 29% got back half their data. And stat number three. In the end, between restoration, loss of business, reputational degradation, and other costs, bringing a business back to normal after a ransomware attack averages about U.S. $1.85 million. So what's the upshot for you? CISA has done some great work with the recommendations, which number too many to detail, but should be part of a checklist you use to secure your home or work environment. For our next couple of stories, you'll have to refer to the transcript that accompanies this podcast. But they are both global. Victims of ransomware, try these decryption tools. At the time of writing, Heimdall Security had a collection with links to a large number of good ransomware decryption tools. So what's the upshot for you? Well, at 191 and counting, wait a week and there'll be even more. And in the second part of our story, understanding what ransomware has been used on your system is important to understanding what tool to use to decrypt the files. So there's a couple of websites you can use. You can upload sample files to those websites and they'll identify the ransomware that was used. So what's the upshot for you? Nothing beats knowing about resources like these before you need them. We move on to a story about an executive order, last week's Biden Cybersecurity Executive Order. Although this executive order lists lots of actions, the committee they are assigned to and the due dates, the top three are, number one, within six months, federal agencies will be required to introduce multi-factor authentication to their systems and encrypt all data. Two, IT companies contracting with the U.S. government to meet higher security and breach notification requirements. For breaches, there would be timeline for disclosure based on a sliding scale related to the severity of the incident. And three, like New York City's restaurant rating system, a new star rating system pilot for software sold to the government will also be launched so that the officials and everyone else, for that matter, can judge how secure it is. So what's the upshot for you? For the rest of the directives, and there are loads, we did search for a project management Gantt chart, a tool used for tracking different workflows. We couldn't find anything online yet, but we are biding our time. Sorry, couldn't resist. From France, AXA itself now faces DDoS after ransomware attack. French insurance company AXA confirmed on Sunday that it has become a victim of a ransomware attack. The incident comes days after the company officially announced that it would stop bearing the cost of ransomware crime payments. The group said 
the threat actors had targeted its Asia Assistance Division, impacting IT operations in Thailand, Malaysia, Hong Kong, and the Philippines, adding that there is no evidence that any more data has been accessed. It was later confirmed that the Avedon ransomware gang has claimed responsibility for the attack. The group said on Sunday they had hacked the Axis Asia operations and stolen three terabytes of data, including ID cards, passport copies, customer claims, reserved agreements, denied reimbursements, payments to customers, contracts and reports, all customers' IDs and all customers' bank account scan papers, hospitals and doctors' reserve material, private investigations for frauds, for example, customer medical reports, including HIV, hepatitis, STD, and other illness reports. So, what's the upshot for you? Avedon is a ransomware-as-a-service operation like DarkSide that asks affiliates to follow certain rules and pays each one of them 65% of the ransom payments they bring in, with the operators getting a 35% share. The Avedon ransomware gang follows the same MO as the other ransomware groups, such as breaching the security of its target, exfiltrating data, and locking the files on the victim's system and demanding ransom payments for a decryption key. However, if the ransom is not paid, Avedon additionally carries out DDoS, or Distributed Denial of Service Attacks, on the network of its victim. With ransomware attacks up 102% over this time last year, we are seeing a pattern develop. We wonder which direction AXA will go on this. They only just announced that they would not cover ransomware payments on their French policies. Will they backtrack? Stay tuned for more. Our next story is global and comes to us from NetScout. 2021 DDoS attack numbers blow past all previous years. According to research from NetScout's Atlas Security Engineering and Response Team, threat actors launched approximately 2.9 million DDoS attacks in the first quarter of 2021, a 31% increase from the same time in 2020. That's an extraordinary number in several ways. If this activity holds, we are on a trajectory that blows right past the unprecedented 10 million attack threshold recorded in 2020. The first two months of the year are usually the slowest months in the DDoS attack calendar. This year, we saw 972,000 attacks in January, which eclipses the record set last May for the largest number of attacks seen in one month. All three months of the first quarter surged over the 900,000 attack mark, just as we were getting used to the new baseline of 800,000 attacks per month. For Q1 2021, the total attacks were 2.9 million. That's a 31% increase year over year. The maximum size was 480 gigabytes per second. The maximum through foot, 675 megapackets per second. And the top attack type was UDP. This encompasses all 30 plus UDP reflection amplification DDoS vectors. So what's the upshot for you? With ransomware taking the center stage, it's easy to forget that threat actors are also wielding other tools to attempt to extort funds from companies. From the Wall Street Journal, our next story. Bill Gates left Microsoft board amid probe into prior relationship with staffers. Microsoft Corporation board members decided that Bill Gates needed to step down from its board in 2020 as they pursued an investigation into the billionaire's prior romantic relationship with a female Microsoft employee that was deemed 
inappropriate. Members of the board tasked with the matter hired a law firm to conduct an investigation in late 2019 after a Microsoft engineer alleged in a letter that she had a sexual relationship over years with Mr. Gates. Bill Gates and Melinda French Gates announced earlier this month that they were ending their marriage. So what's the upshot for you? Bill, you mess around and Melinda will find out. Melinda will find out. And an Australian post on Reddit. Am I seeing someone else's security camera feeds on my phone? And so the story, as per title, seemed to happen a couple of hours ago. I'm seeing someone else's camera feeds using the app on Android. My wife, who also has full access under her own email, can see another person's feed. Two devices, two different feeds on her iPhone. The emails we use to register for the Android app are correct in both apps. Anyone else experiencing this? I'm located in Sydney, Australia, and I have the 2C camera system from JB. Hi-Fi, Eufy 2C wire-free HD security cam with home base 2 kit. Two cameras, JB Hi-Fi. So, what's the upshot for you? We keep wittering on about the poor security of security cameras, with this just being further proof. Our next story from the U.S. Got a lost uncle? Don't post that on social media. This new trick has quickly risen to the number three position for scams ranked by the feds. The FBI warns the public of scammers seeking to extort family members of missing persons. These actors identify missing persons through social media posts and gather information about the missing person and family to legitimize their ransom demands without ever having physical contact with the missing person. The criminal actor generally requests between five dollars and $10,000 in ransom, with $7,000 requested in multiple instances. Offenders often claim the missing person is ill or injured, adding to the urgency of the situation and putting additional pressure on family members to pay the ransom, the FBI warned. So, what's the upshot for you? Where does this end? If you post your number in a photo of your lost cat on a telephone pole, should you expect a ransom demand? Our next story is Brazilian and comes to us from SecureList.com. The Bizarro banking Trojan expands its attacks to Europe. Bizarro is yet another banking Trojan family originating from Brazil that is now found in other regions of the world. Bizarro has X64 modules and is able to trick users into entering two-factor authentication codes and fake pop-ups. It may also use social engineering to convince victims to download a smartphone app. The group behind Bizarro uses servers hosted on Azure and Amazon and compromised WordPress servers to store the malware and collect telemetry data. Bizarro is distributed to Windows users via MSI packages downloaded by victims from links in spam emails. Once launched, Bizarro downloads a zip archive from a compromised website. When Bizarro starts, it first kills all the browser processes to terminate any existing sessions with online banking websites. When a user restarts the browsers, they will be forced to re-enter the bank account credentials, which will be captured by the malware. Another step Bizarro takes in order to get as many credentials as possible is to disable autocomplete in a browser. So, what's the upshot for you? Bizarro is yet another example of a South American banking trojan evidencing threat actors adopting new technical methods to complicate malware analysis and detection on Windows devices. 
update, patch, and don't click on unsolicited files and links. If it says it's from a bank, you can verify by going to the bank's website and initializing communication from there. Note that most banks are hugely interested when they discover that someone is trying to compromise them or their customers. From the Apple Newsroom in 2020, Apple blocked over 200,000 apps from the App Store over privacy concerns. In 2020, the App Review team rejected over 215,000 apps for those sorts of privacy violations. Apple believes privacy is a fundamental right, and this commitment is a major reason why users choose the App Store. Apple terminated 470,000 developer accounts in 2020 and rejected an additional 205,000 developer enrollments over fraud concerns. In just the last month, Apple blocked more than 3.2 million instances of apps distributed illicitly through the Apple Developer Enterprise Program, the program designed to allow companies and other large organizations to develop and privately distribute internal use apps to their employees that aren't available to the general public. So what's the upshot for you? As Apple fights court battles to retain the 30% margins on App Store transactions, expect lots of new PR to justify the App Store's existence. And from the RSA conference, Bruce Schneier warns of the coming AI hackers. All systems of rules can be hacked, Schneier said. Even the best thought-out sets of rules will be incomplete or inconsistent. You'll have ambiguities and things that designers haven't thought of. And as long as there are people who want to subvert the goals in a system, there will be hacks. Schneier highlighted a key challenge with hacking that is conducted by some form of AI. It might be difficult to detect. Even if the hack is detected, it will be difficult to understand what exactly happened. Schneier noted that researchers are working on explainable AI, but he doesn't expect it to yield any short-term results for several reasons. In his view, explanations of how AI works are actually a cognitive shorthand used by humans, suited for the way humans make decisions. Forcing an AI to produce a human-understandable explanation is an additional constraint, and it could affect the quality of its decisions, he said. Certainly, in the near term, AI is becoming more opaque and less explainable. When AI systems are able to conduct malicious hacking activities, he warned, they will operate at a speed and scale no human could ever achieve. As AI systems get more capable, society will cede more and more important decisions to them, which means that hacks of those systems will become more damaging, he said. So, what's the upshot for you? That's the key point. The more you cede reliance on something to someone or something else, the weaker your own position becomes when things go wrong. Take all the supply issues, for example, personal protective equipment revealed during the COVID-19 pandemic, as one example. And our next story comes to us again from the RSA conference. Internet misinformation. Research shows that a false story reaches people six times faster than just the actual news or the truth. Among the many topics that are the target of misinformation on the internet today is public health related to the COVID-19 vaccine. One rough estimate shows that misinformation on public health alone generated billions of social media views in a year. The impact of one such misinformation campaign was revealed in a UK poll reporting that 8% of UK residents believe that 5G technology actually spreads the coronavirus. 
In the United States, 27% of Americans are hesitant to get the COVID-19 vaccine, much in part due to manipulation campaigns. These theories are just a small part of the global infodemic that is running largely unchecked on social media platforms. It doesn't have to be this way. The end game is to make you doubt everything you believe, which leaves you open to believing anything. So what's the upshot for you? Look out for sensational headlines. The fact that a topic is not being reported on traditional news media outlets can be a red flag. Traditional media outlets typically have to properly source and attribute news before it's published. A couple of tools might also help. The Bottometer checks the activity of a Twitter account and gives it a score. Higher scores mean more bot-like activity. Or CrowdTangle. CrowdTangle is a public insights tool from Facebook to follow, analyze, and report on what's happening with public content on social media. And finally, our last story from Dark Reading, the best 11 quotes from the cryptographers panel at the RSA conference. Cryptographers at an RSA conference panel aren't worried about adversarial quantum cryptography. Machine learning, though, causes pressing practical issues. Quote number one, unplug it, baby, from Whitfield Diffie in response to Ramsen's question, if you could design a piece of security advice short enough to fit on a bumper sticker, what would that advice be? Our next quote, it's astonishing to me how much energy is going into the commercialization of technology that doesn't yet exist. Ron Rivest on quantum computing. Next quote. This year, the focus in quantum computing has been two steps ahead, one step back. Adi Shamir mentioning that Microsoft recently backtracked on a statement they'd made three years ago that claimed an impressive breakthrough in quantum physics, that they had observed the existence of the elusive Majorana fermium. Our next quote, I'm entirely unimpressed. Ross Anderson on quantum cryptography. As far as quantum cryptography is concerned, I'm entirely unimpressed because all you can do is rekey your encryptor, and we've known how to do that for 40 years. Our next quote, they took some decisions that defined the privacy for the whole world. Carmela Troncoso on mobile phone operating system companies, Google and Apple role in privacy of contact tracing applications. From Adi Shamir, our next quote. Machine learning systems are, at the moment, well, they're totally untrustworthy. Our next quote, maybe the question we should be asking is not, can we make the machine trustable, but can we make the ones who are using these machine learning someone we want to trust with them? From Carmela Troncoso on machine learning and how the privacy risks posed by how companies collect the data they feed to machine learning tools. And our next quote, the company was being run by bankers as a cash cow. Ross Anderson on SolarWinds. SolarWinds was a mature company. Once upon a time, it was a keen startup with lots of lively engineers, but recently it had become a monopoly and much of the technical expertise had been farmed to engineers in Eastern Europe. And so they weren't caring as much about security as they used to. Next quote, cryptographers are actually pretty terrible at designing resilient systems, from Ron Rivest. 
The idea of rekeying and reauthenticating everyone is not one we talk about much. Overall, I would give us a grade of C minus, us cryptographers, on resilience. I think the systems we design tend to be brittle and tend to break if there's a serious key compromise. Shamir countered, so I will actually give our system designers a D or an F, but I'll give cryptographers an A. Next, it's just rent-seeking by tech companies. Ross Anderson on the development of vaccine passport applications. And finally, our last quote. I want to see numbers get factored. Ron Rivest on Klaus Schnorr's proposed algorithm for factorization that claims it could defeat the RSA crypto system. So what's the upshot for you? Well, there's not much that one could add to that, except thanks to the RSA conference for keeping the lively conversations flowing. And that's it for this week. Stay safe, stay secure, and see you in seven. I will refactor this later, you know. I will refactor.